You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. Hey there, welcome to today's episode. You know, not so long ago, I hosted a TED Circle during which we discussed the dangers of a single story. And it was such a fascinating topic to think about, you know, how much we're aware of about other people and how much they're aware of about us. They might know us as a colleague who works in accounting, or they might know whether we've got kids or not, or they might know someplace that we worked before. These are only parts of our stories, and everyone has many, many aspects that go to make up their whole character. They might be a volunteer. They maybe compete in a sport. They might have an invisible health issue. So what you see is not always what you get. Or as Walt Whitman said, I am vast and I contain multitudes. Now, today's guest is someone who works with business owners and leaders to help them apply principles of inclusion into their work environments and groups. It seems like a really tricky thing to get our heads around. And, you know, for those of us of a certain age who maybe grew up in a society without even really being aware that there were people who were different from us, it can seem like a lot to take on. I mean, how do you know what you don't know, right? And it sometimes seems like the world is changing so fast that you'd need to be psychic to know what issues you need to be aware of. And according to my guest, Abiola Bala, this doesn't need to be the barrier to progress that people seem to think it is. Here's what she had to say on the matter. So, Aviola, it is lovely to have you here. I am in the depths of winter and it looks like you are somewhere far, far warmer. So um, thank you for thank you for being with us in this. I, I know it, it looks really hot and sticky. So, um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's just go with it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am definitely very far away from winter. It's like 30 degrees Celsius or more here in the Caribbean. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's you never really get what you want to you? I mean, we're, we're going out and it's frosty and cold and maybe maybe there's a happy medium somewhere. Who knows? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to be and, here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank you for for coming in. I really, really have been looking forward to this conversation because it's such an interesting area of work that you're involved in. Yeah. And First and foremost, can you, can you tell us a little bit about why a company that's either starting out or developing should be interested in the topic of inclusivity? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And it, it really all comes back to a person's values, right? And what they see as being important to them. And if one of those things is ensuring that everyone who's a part of their their groups, their experience, their programs feel like that sense of belonging and, you know, feel like they can freely be themselves in all of their with all of their unique parts. Right. Mm -hmm. I like to call them sparks like they can show all of their sparks. Then it's definitely something they want to think about as they build their um, business. You know, a lot of, there's 
a lot of trends out there talking about like inclusive marketing and talk and you know what what you know what you can put out there for people to see that you know you do welcome everyone into your space etc cetera, etc cetera. but here's the thing once you have that out there how are you actually translating what you put out into in your marketing Mm-hmm. into your programs how do you translate that into action and that's where that thinking of inclusion and inclusion with inclusive practices within your program come in yeah so i guess it's it's really um if i could maybe put that another way it's it's not so much about a new coat of paint it's actually rebuilding from the inside it is it is in some ways it is and i mean i think when here's the thing i think people have to realize that with inclusion what happens is some people do it because they think they have to because they don't want to be judged for not doing it and with that thinking what ends up happening is that you end up doing the more like performative inclusion like you're doing it so people can see that you're being inclusive but that's not the work that I do and that's not how I think of it right if you're not thinking about inclusion in your group does that make you a bad person no it doesn't it's just not at the top of your list right now or maybe something just hasn't come up for you right now right but is it something I think everyone should be thinking about at some point? Yes, I 100% think so, right? So I think it's it's kind of this, this balance between not feeling like you have to because everyone is doing it, but doing it because you know this is what you want to do at this point in your business. Mm. I, I was talking to um, another guest recently and the term psychological safety came up mm. and it seems that, you know, this this is a thing that obviously we want the people that we work with to to feel that, to feel right. that they can contribute openly and be safe in doing so. Or if they have something going on in their lives, right. that they will be supported in their workplace. Right. Yeah. So. Where, where's the crossover between psychological safety and inclusion? Is it, Are they the same thing in a way? I don't know much about the psychology, that mm. the psychological safety, but from what you mentioned, it sounds like they do kind of, they, they, they run along parallel lines, yeah, right? They do yeah. seem to be very similar. Whereas, you know, it, it sounds like it would be something that would be a part of inclusion, right? Mm. Because that's what you're doing. You're making sure that people feel that comfort, people feel that belonging when they mm. are within your programs, when they are going through your programs, right? What are some of the topics and issues that people will be looking at when they are trying to maybe develop uh, an inclusion policy? Right. So usually for me, I come at it 
from three main in three main areas. So first we look at program, meaning the curriculum. What have you put in place in your curriculum to ensure that everyone going through it can get to that outcome that you want them to have? So take, for example, if you're a business coach and you're doing, let's say, a session on money, right? Money is can be a little a tricky thing for some people, right? And maybe you're talking about, you know, everyone getting to a certain certain level, like six figures or seven, whatever it may be, right? Five mm-hmm. figures. But there may be somebody in your group that's like, that's a trigger for them. And then now that person feels excluded from the rest and not understanding how to to show that or not wanting to share that. How could you have mitigated that? Through your curriculum, that could have been something that had you could put in your pre-assessment, a question perhaps to let you understand what, what that person, how those people feel about the topic of money. So then as the leader of that group, you know how to approach it because you know, okay, there are a few people in my group that don't feel comfortable with this. How can I approach this to make sure that they are going to feel comfortable speaking about this and working through this to get them to the outcome that I want them to get to, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that curriculum piece that also ties into the next piece, which is relationships, right? Knowing who is a part of your group, knowing who is who your clients are, and not just that, you know, demographic knowledge, but going a little bit deeper into that and understanding whether or not, understanding who they are, what they are bringing to the table, and also maybe that those parts of their identities that intersect to be, that may have been discriminated against in the past or may have been Mm -hmm. privileged, like just having that understanding, right? And again, that can happen through that time with the curriculum. And the last piece is your discernment, knowing when it's you, you are able to handle a certain issue that may crop up in your group mm-hmm. or knowing when maybe this is time for me to bring in someone to talk about a certain topic like for example let's say unconscious bias you need someone to come in and actually talk to your group about that because that's not where your strength lies so those three areas are the areas that kind of go into building out that inclusive practices mm-hmm kind of strategy looking at each of those areas. Yeah, this is this is really fascinating because I guess people are largely aware it's in the kind of social mm-hmm. consciousness that, yeah. you know, we need to be mindful of issues like um, identity, gender, race and so on. But, you know, your example there was something that would probably never have occurred to me that, you know, we, we need to be mindful of people's attitudes to money or anything yes. else. So I'm kind of intrigued because it's like, okay, if people, um, is is there a list? Is there a catalog that we can sign up for to find out what the issues are at the moment? Uh, I, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not trying I to wish. be disparaging at all. No, but I wish. <laughs> if, 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 if someone doesn't know that things are issues, how are they going to be inclusive about them? Yeah. And I think I, I totally get that. And I think that's definitely, you know, one of the questions I kind of get asked a lot. And here's where this, these three words come in for me. Progress over perfection. Oh, We're love not it, yeah. looking to be perfect. Mistakes mm. are going to happen, right? You are, you will miss something, but it's taking those things and learning from them. Mm. When you're in a group, when you run a group, and for those who run, you know, who have clients, people aren't going to tell you everything about them in one go. You learn as it goes on, right? But yes, there are tangible pieces that you can put in place to, to, to kind of get an idea of who is in your program. As you run it, you kind of get, you know, you learn as you go, right? Mm. But mm-hmm. having that foundation there and kind of, it's like this. The longer you do something, you bet the better you get at understanding and knowing, mm. you know, what is happening. So, for example, the longer I've, t- I've taught for a long time, I've been a teacher for 16 years. So I'm, I instinctively know now without my students having to tell me when they understand what I just said to them or when it just went in and went out. Because, you know, like certain certain things just tell me that, right? So yeah. it's not about being perfect that first time around, going back to that, right? It's about knowing that it's going to take time. And that's why I always say in building an inclusive community is ongoing. It mm. takes practice and it takes... It takes commitment because it's Mm. not something that you can say, okay, check, 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 check. Yay. (laughs) They're inclusive. It's not that. Right. And that's why from your question for the, from the beginning, going back to that, I said that, you know, this is something that has to be a part of your own values. That has to Mm. be something that you want for your, for your program. I love the idea of it being a practice rather than mm-hmm. a one and done. Exactly. And I suppose then the other the other side of that is that, yeah, it, it it's something that we have to have an intent uh, for. Would that would that be fair? That you know, yes, that the intention is um, is a good start. Yes. Yes. When when you've got um, I know you mentioned groups and so on there, and you you probably work with mm-hmm. a lot of people who are running virtual communities as mm-hmm. well. When you have uh, a policy or a practice of, of inclusion, can people actually see an increase in engagement, for instance? Yes, I 100% believe so. I've seen it work in my, in not only with clients, but in programs that I've run myself. So as I said, I've been a teacher for a long time and I've, I've, I've been in, I should say this, I've been in education in different aspects for a long time. So I've 
I do curriculum and program, inclusive curriculum and program design for different educational organizations over the years. And through the programs I've run, I can see a difference when people feel comfortable in a space to be who they are and know that it doesn't matter if they have a there's a difference right it changes how they engage right it they feel more open to it Mm. and i'm sure there's you know learning psychology and stuff um about that that i'm possible like i i'm sure i learned that during my master's degree but (laughs) (laughs) we have to go and revise that section but yes (laughs) it's just all ingrained now um i'm sure there are other people who wrote about it better than i'm saying it right now but yes (laughs) yeah yeah you know so right i mean it does sound like it does sound like something that i guess people might put on the long finger if it's not something that's immediately ap- applicable to their group. If they have a fairly homogenous group, then they're probably thinking, well, you know, it doesn't really matter here. But um, is it is it one of those things that, I mean, I guess you, that, like we were just talking about earlier, you know, if you don't necessarily know the issues, you don't know that even if it seems like everybody in your group is just like you, the fact is that they're not really, are they? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to challenge you on right now. I'm like, it may seem that they you have a practically homogenous group, but is it really right? Aren't there some things that that like unique things that everyone is bringing to the table? Right. You don't know everyone's Mm. full background. Right. So Mm. you always need to be aware that just because everyone looks like you or may have a similar, maybe in a similar income bracket or maybe in a, you know, live, have lived in a similar city as you are. It doesn't mean they're the same. People learn differently, Mm. right? So looking at people's learning styles, how they learn, people have, you know, there's neurodiversity, right? People's families have brought them, raised them differently, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those little things also come into play into how someone shows up, right? Mm-hmm. And how people interact in a group. So knowing and understanding that those things are in play, yeah, right, can, you know help you to kind of put structures in place for your specific yeah program right and just just as uh, just to start wrapping up um abiola because mm-hmm. we were actually nearly at time but if you were working with for example say a leader in a small business or mm-hmm. a, a growing business even yeah what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to them to help their people, their team to start um, moving towards these practices? So the one piece of advice is something I usually tell all of my clients. We have to start with you. 
we have to start with what your values are and kind of dig into where you are coming from. What, why are you doing this? And what do you hope to gain from it, right? Mm -hmm. You can't try to build an inclusive community if inclusion is not a part of your values and you know why it is a part of your values. Because Mm -hmm. then you're just going to come across as performative. You're just doing it because you think it's what you need to be doing, right? So understanding your why is the place you need to start because inclusion starts with you. Fantastic. That's great advice. I really like that. Abiola, where do uh, where should people go if they want to find out more about what you're doing and the sort of work that you've uh, been at and how they can maybe even avail of it? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. That's the best place to find me right now. I am Fern Education Studios, um, P-H-E-R-N Education Studios with an S at the end, all one word. And yeah, feel free to slide into my DMs because I'm, I do answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's good to know. Listen, I will put all that in the show notes as well, Abiola. So thank you so much, um, everybody. We have because it is so warm where Abiola is and I had to ask her to put the put the fan off as well. So um, if you hear any passing traffic, just take it as, you know, we're we're being inclusive of, of the of the warm air and the traffic. I live today. on the main main street. so. <laughs> That is super. Um, Look, thank you again so much. Thank you for um, bearing the heat for us, as it were. Uh, I do appreciate that. Thank you. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast. And just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.